0: uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. It's time for the podcaster. You know, I just thought of the term bookish, but I, you know what? I have a book wish for instead of bookish. I'm full of book wish. Uh, like I, I like to, I guess that sounds like a weird thing to say book wish, uh, or book which, which would be a sandwich made of books. That's not appetizing at all. Uh, but I have. I just wish that you find like a book wish is like uh, wishing good books to you, like you know, like, like saying have a good day. Like you don't really know for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a good book wish, I, I, like that it has a positive built into it, even though it doesn't. Say, it sounds neutral. It's not neutral. When I say book wish. Uh, I don't really know what I'm talking... Anyway, patrons, thanks for supporting me. I I have a book wish wish to you all. Uh, Thanks, patrons. What do you say we get on with the show? Uh, Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome... This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake. So whether it's thoughts, things on your mind that you're thinking about, uh, feelings, you know, emotions coming up uh, while I talk, or remnants of ones uh, still with you from the day, or maybe related to tomorrow, uh, physical sensations of any kind. Uh, but you know, if you're, go- you're you're dealing with something like that, it, it, I'm here to take your mind off of all of those and many more. You know, d- d- changes in schedule or routine. Or you're traveling, or someone else, whatever it is, I'm here to help. And what I'm going to do one, I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm already doing that. Uh, I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, uh, metaphors that uh, you see, is that re- like s- things resembling metaphors? Is that a metaphor? I'm not even sure, like, uh, I think it, I'd have to, I'd have, I guess I'd have to say something that resembles a metaphor, something that's like a metaphor or as a metaphor, like a com- combination of words. Um, uh, anyway, j- j- jokes that are like, things that are like jokes uh, or and the attempt to take a partial joke and a partial metaphor and present it. It's not something complete, but turning into incomplete work. But that's what I also do. Uh, But really, I'm here to keep you company as you fall asleep. And now, if you're new, a couple things to know off the bat: uh, this podcast is very different. So, if you're having, if it's unexpected, you might be having an unexpected reaction to it because that's perfectly normal. Uh, you might be skeptical. That's a, an ad, or e- even on the strong side skeptical because uh, I mean obviously you would be. It's just a podcast to put you to sleep. But what what are you up to? What are you doing? All good questions. And I guess the best answer I don't really have a good answer. I, like the best answer I have is uh, kind of see how it goes. This podcast does not work for everybody. Whatever the, the the many, 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 many users or listeners that I have, most of them say, "Hey, it took three, two or three tries and then I realized that this is a that the podcast I had a, a non-realization about the podcast is how I realized it. So that's one thing is is if you're you're like and if you're new, welcome I try to welcome you by just by, you know being honest other other thing that throws new listeners off sometimes. And if you become a regular listener, you'll kind of adjust to how you like to consume the show is the structure show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep the podcast free and not behind a paywall. Uh, Then there's an intro, which is another thing that can throw you off. It's like a 12 to 20 minute. I honestly have no, like I have a general idea what a soliloquy is, but that word just popped in my head. So I don't know if it is a soliloquy. It is a a monotone monologue where I just kind of uh, uh, talk about what the podcast is for 12 to 20 minutes. I mean, that's what my attempt to do. That would take two minutes. You're right about that. Uh, But then as I try to explain things, I get distracted and I go off topic. But there's a dual purpose in that. It gives you time to wind down, uh, to get ready for bed. It establishes a kind of, uh, like, just like I was talking about at the top of the show. Like, if I did have a cafe... If I proposed having a cafe called the Cozy Cafe, I probably have because I remember I talked about that dog, Cozy. This was years ago. And tonight I thought we'd have a cafe called the Book Witch. Uh, now I just thought of—I said, how did I not think of another that that had, could have another meaning? Oh boy, I guess we had. I guess this is what tonight's episode has to be about—the Book Witch. Because uh, I was thinking about the Book Witch Cafe. But now I'm picturing some wonderful uh, uh, wizened character, uh, the, the, like the the book witch. It sounds like we're going well later. When you're when, when you're fully literate, uh, you'll be able to go meet, and I say, well, I don't think I'll ever be fully literate. Uh, okay, then when you're ready, uh, I'll send you uh, in into the deep into the stacks to meet with the book witch. I'd say, okay, well, that sounds, uh, really like, uh, it's, so it's the book, which, uh, is it the book, which or no? It's the she, 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 they, the, 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 the book, which, yeah. Would you like a book, which while you wait and think about if you're ready to go see her? Sure, because I was actually trying... Well, originally I was trying to introduce a podcast to new listeners, and then I realized I wanted to start imaginary cafe called The Book Witch Cafe because uh, I, I mentioned at the top of the show. Maybe I should just create a sandwich called The Bookwich. uh What would be in it? Uh, <laughs> literature? I don't know, because I'm not that... Uh, Alphabet, is that alphabet soup between two pieces of bread? Uh, no, we call those tomes here. It's between two tomes, two cover. We call them covers. I, I just changed, change that chalkboard. No, change it to from tomes to covers. Uh, yeah, uh, is that alphabet soup? That well, I don't know if technically we could say that because another company may own that, but uh, we do put a. Uh, a collection of we also have a, a sweet, ver- a savory, and a sweet version. Are those alphabets? I don't know. Uh, they're letters, cereal uh, uh, letters uh, with a sweet, sweet, sweet frosting. Yeah, between two covers, those are tarts that pop out of the toaster. And yeah, for our uh, lunch edition, we call it. Uh, we we seal it up in one of those uh, sandwich sealers, you know. You can get them at garage sales. Uh, that's maybe the only place you can. Because if you pay more than a dollar for it, you feel like oh boy. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's two uh, yeah, okay, yeah, it is two pieces of bread with alphabet soup in there. You're right, you got me. Uh, sorry, I gotta get because the only reason I admitted it is because I was gotta get back to the new listeners. So the intro is a way to wind down, or to take your mind off stuff and ease you into bedtime. And that's why I guess it takes a little bit of getting used to if you're new. Uh, but then as a regular listener, it'll be somewhat familiar. You say, okay, I'll start the podcast. Uh, you know, some listeners do it before they get in bed. Some get in bed. You'll see what works and say, I'm just listening to scoots. Try to get to a point, never get there. And then I guess make an episode about the book, which... Uh, Actually, but tonight's episode, I think I'll have to do that one day because tonight's episode's about books. and all, I mean, that's why I was, had books on the brain. So we'll have to return to the book, which because this is actually intro is for an episode I made about uh, uh, books I've read. So, yeah, that's what I'll talk about next. So it'll be the intro, some business, then I'll talk about a, a bunch of books I read from one author and my kind of personal journey... Uh, with that author, and to speculate on if I can remember anything about any of the books, which is probably at least ten to twelve uh mass market knob uh, mass market paperbacks uh, from this one author, maybe I'll read one of those books uh, like and have a part two at some point down the road so and then there's some thank yous at the end, so that's the structure of the show. Uh, there is the listeners that there's about 2% of listeners that skip the intro. And then there's a percentage of patrons that kind of listen all night and they might listen to story only episodes and stuff like that. Uh, but for a lot of people, you have the intro as a way to ease you into bed. And then I start talking about this author, and you're in bed, ideally cozy, distracted here with your boyfriend. I'm here to keep you company. And this is a podcast you clearly probably figured it out You don't really need to listen to. There's no pressure to kind of make any sense of what I'm talking about or to remember it or anything. But there's also no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for about an hour to keep you company as you drift off so you don't have to worry. And if you can't sleep, if you're in a position where you're, you can't sleep or it's going to be a few hours... Uh, for whatever reason or you're waking up in the middle of the night. I'm gonna be here till the very end to, to keep you company. I take those of you asleep and awake. you're all uh, really important to me. Uh, so that's the structure of the show. those are the kind of rules around the show. See how it goes. Uh, you know my goal is to take take the seriousness out of bedtime. And bobble it and then drop it all, you know, and then try to pick it back up. you know I mean, I'm a kind of person who builds base, you know businesses around uh, that it was well, I don't really build a business, but I saw of one you know a cafe that serves I and mean, here's the thing this isn't a terrible idea. I mean, maybe it is putting um alphabet soup uh, in in its raw form, which is never raw actually in in just putting it in bread bed putting it, don't put alphabet soup in bed, please. I misspoke there. Putting in a bed of bread is not a great idea just because my theory in my brain, I mean, it is like, it is a bit congealed, that soup. It's not in a, um, a watery sauce, but it is in a sauce. So I would say you, you may have to reduce it Or, I don't know, what if you put a... a Here's an idea. This is just a guess, and maybe some um, uh, actual cooks could maybe start it on the stovetop. Maybe a quarter or an eighth of a teaspoon of corn um, starch mixed with uh, triple that in water. Uh, That might work. I'd say an eighth, just to see if we don't throw the taste off. So one-eighth a teaspoon... Of maybe a quarter. Let's try it with a quarter, though. A quarter teaspoon of water, three teaspoon, quarter teaspoons of cold water. Mix that in a bowl or a jar, and then put it in your warm your your warming alphabet soup. And then ideally, you'd have like an alphabet gravy type soup. Then this is what we do with the uh, what did I call the cafe? The bookish, bookwish, bookw. That's how you make a uh Maybe because I've never made one, except in my, you know, my imagination. Uh, it doesn't seem that great. I mean, maybe I don't know. So let's just let's just do it in our imagination only. It's like making a mud pie, a book which is not made for for regular consumption. It's the kind of thing that dreams are made of. Dreams not made not dreams are made of book wishes, uh, but dreams are made of book wishes among other things. I don't know. Maybe there's, I'm trying to think of other wordplay with book, which, uh, I think the book, which will probably make me choose a book, which, you know, in, as in which book, but I'm not positive about that. Cause I haven't reached the age of, uh, maturity, which my, you know, the part of my brain says in quotes, so I mean, you mean physically mature or emotionally mature because I don't know which one's going to come first. Uh, so where was I? So this is a podcast to take your mind off stuff and put you to sleep. Believe it or not. Uh, I'm your bore bud, your bore friend, your bore bay, your bore cuz I wish I, I send you book, which wishes, uh, I won't send any book, wishes cause they'll definitely get returned and I'm not good at, you know, I'm good at sending wishes, uh, but I'm not good at actually sending things. Uh, so I'm glad you're here. I really, really appreciate you coming by and checking out this show. Give it a few tries because I really hope it helps you fall asleep, but it does take a few tries for most people. If you discover or you've already discovered the podcast is not for you, you can go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you to check out other shows. Uh, But I'm glad you're here. I work very hard. I yearn and I strive uh, because I really want to help you fall asleep. And here's a few ways we're able to keep this podcast free for everybody. All right, hey everybody! This is a new, you know, some listeners like uh, really boring content. Some like listeners like content with a little bit of imagination, and some listeners like uh, the stuff with a per- 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 personal touch or a purple touch. I wish I had the purple touch. Uh, uh, if there was a, a story, the story of King Scooter, it'd be the king with the purple touch. But actually, that was Prince, so I can't really... So so Prince was the one with the purple touch. Uh, but where was I? So I, so I had this idea for a new, like, occasional, uh, whatever, tr- trending style. I guess, yeah, a kind of trending style episode with a little personal touch to it. I don't think it's quite... This is quite the right title, but I think it did I read it or something... Uh, like, I think Letterman once, David Letterman, who some people might not be familiar with, uh, but uh, David Letterman did a Will It Float Once Upon a Time. But this is Did I Read It? Which I guess it was similar to Tale of the Tape, uh, but uh, did I read it? But I thought I'd do it in a way. And I guess wondering where I came up with this idea. So we'll we'll unpack that. We'll talk about the first author we're going to be featuring, which will be very unexpected to to most of you. And I'll talk about that. So let's get started. So I don't know how I thought it. So I I know I thought of this recently because I was walking the dog and I was thinking about this author walking color. sorry, excuse me, she corrected me. She said, the dog? And I said, no, the dog, like a bit underscore, underlined with quotes. Uh, and then she sighed. So, okay, so I was thinking about this. Uh, so I don't something happened, my brain thought of something. Then I walked the dog. And then I was thinking again about the thing I'd been thinking about, which in this case was an author in a book and saying, huh, you kind of barely remember that book. Uh, then I said, huh, I wonder, I, I had thought about this before in some way because it's kind of like a part of my childhood or my my teen years. Oh, boy. Be at least people, you could wake up tomorrow or in the communities so around the show say, wow, boy, did you hear about Scoots talking about his teen years last night? It really was a snoozer. Holy cow, I thought it was going to be revelatory, and it was. Uh, It just underscored, you know, why we appreciate that he makes a sleep podcast. I'm pretty sure it was my teen years. It might might even been in my 20s, uh, now that I'm thinking about it. I'm not 100% sure on that. But so, I don't know how much time we'll have for this author, now that I'm trying to unpack all this. So I thought it'd be, a, and this might be a two-parter, uh, possibly. Though I just started a book, so I wonder if this author is even in the li- like in the library for eBooks. You know, I mean, I know you could probably purchase it. Again, I'm not trying to throw any shade either. I'm just, just trying to buy time just for my brain to remember what made me think of this author. I mean, the author is uh, has a few blockbuster movies, none that have come out in the last. Uh, I think the last movie probably came out four or five years ago. Maybe there's one more coming. I don't know. Really good movies, uh, or pretty good, depending on what you like. Uh, I don't know. Maybe this is the only thing I can think of, and this is really a a stretch and I'm not even positive. And here's a question. Who doesn't love John Krasinski, John Krasinski, right? Or is it Josh? Uh, I mean, I do. And, uh, yeah, So I know on Amazon Prime, which I think is what I used to watch a couple shows for the podcast, there's been ads for his uh, uh, Tom Clancy show, Jack Ryan. And this isn't about Tom Clancy, though, so like spoiler. Uh, and I said, OK, one day I'd like to watch that show and I actually know somebody that's a big Clancy fan. So I said, why don't you have you watch that? Here's a strange code at all that is that, so I was uh, visiting a family recently for a couple nights, uh, in one night I didn't realize my dad was a big, uh, Jack Ryan fan and season two had just started. Talk about, uh, something somebody should be paying. Hey, business, uh, send me a check for this. All right. Uh, but so, so I watched a couple episodes. So I did enjoy it. Like a great cast, uh, as I said, uh, and my, my dad really likes it. So my mom slept through it, but I think she'll probably watch him again because he was talking to her, even though she was asleep about, about, uh, everything. It was like watching it. I don't know if people watch TV very often with their parents and I don't want to make generalizations, uh, uh, but it was a bit like watching it with a, like a DVD, whatever the second. So there was the main audio and then there was my dad's commentary which was more expository or, uh, revelatory or, uh, what is that? RFQ request, request for RFI request for information from my mom who was sleeping saying, okay, wait, is that, and I said, like, and actually it was an unspoiler because when it first started the episode, it might, it was season two, episode two. And he tried to fill me in on everything, uh, which probably, like, uh, and then the person they thought was up to no good, actually, I'm I'm pretty sure that person was not. Uh, So that actually added more tension for me in a good way. And then I said, well, this character's somewhat likable. I'm surprised uh, uh, that, that, uh, and then I said, I'm confused at what that character's up to if they're up to no good. If you're a fan of The Wire, you'll be happy with some of the casting. Uh, there's also a character that I always remind, like uh, an actor. Unfortunately, I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he always reminds me of like uh, one of my friend's dads. Uh, that when I first met them, I wasn't too sure about them because they like coach sports, and then I came around on them, but never a hundred percent. That's like Jack Ryan's, like uh, one of his bosses, uh, you say, well, I like you and trust you. And I kind of do, like a like, like magnetism and, uh, like, at the same time, uh, uh, like, saying, huh. Like, uh, so, and he's got a great voice. So where was I? So that's, that has nothing to do with that. So uh, that may have been what triggered me. I'm trying, trying to think of, like, what else it could have been that triggered it didn't trigger me i mean that guy that good dude does a little bit uh but uh, that is said huh then i was walking the dog and then i thought about this author maybe it was just when i had a list of ideas for the podcast i don't know uh, but i thought of this author is that i read almost every book of theirs it could have been also that another author i guess this was more it uh that I've read a lot of another author. In the last two years, I've read a lot of books by one author. And I think I read three uh, out of the last, uh, not not now, I've read read other books since then. But uh, at the time I thought of this idea, out of the, the last four books I read, three were by the same author. And I started to kind of see the archetypes of that author's writing, which you would only notice uh, if you've read a lot of those books in a row. Where you say, okay, like I still en- like enjoy this, but I kind of see, oh, okay, this is a, a theme. That is, I mean, probably the same for people who listen to the podcast, right? And I guess that was it. Uh, so uh, sorry about that, uh, John and uh, Jack. John and Jack, uh, uh, John and Jack is is that the same name too, huh? Also, very tall. John Krasinski is very tall. Uh, Chris, like, uh, compared, like, even my dad, during his commentary, was commenting on how much taller he is than all the other characters. So it turns out Jack Jack Ryan's tall, too. Also, Jack Ryan's been put, portrayed by many people. Alec Baldwin, uh, John, John Krasinski, or Josh... Uh, uh, I should know that because there was one time I was listening to a podcast when Juno came out, uh, and he was talking. uh, Never mind. Now I'm never going to remember any of this. To Jason Bateman, actually. He was talking about Jason Bateman going to Jason Bateman's house uh, and Jason Bateman giving him a hard time because he had ankle socks on. I mean, as a friend, like that, Jason Bateman's so friendly and gregorious. Oh, it's Gregarious. Thanks, Jason. Glad you're here to keep an eye on my, like, uh, but that, uh, so, so anyway, I was thinking of this author, so I'd, maybe that was it. I'd read all these other books recently, and I started to see some patterns emerging with this one author, and it reminded me of the first time this happened to me, uh, that I know of, was when I undertook, uh, a reading And actually, this was when you had to buy books in the bookstore. And this author was not a, not all their books were, now you might see them in a used bookstore. But at the time, I think they just did a reprint of all of their books uh, in mass market paperback. Also, this was in the 90s, but the books, I think, were all uh, a very 80s and 90s author, Robert Ludlum. And at some point in the nineties, I guess it was like uh, I like decided I was going to try to read all of uh, Robert Ludlum's books that were currently out because I enjoyed one or two. Like I enjoyed them, and then I read like I read them to where I was like like I read too many in a row. It must have been in the night. Maybe it was in, like like because it was also like uh, I was reading a lot of them, like when I was working. Like I'd be on a break or something or waiting for somebody and I would read, like I'd just keep a book, especially a mass market paperback you could keep with you at all times. And I did really enjoy them. And so I was going to go through, I was going to tell you a little bit more about Robert Ludlum. I did do a basic vetting because I said, what if this guy, like, I don't know, like I said, I haven't heard anything about him because he passed away. Like maybe like 15, 20 years ago. Uh, but I did say, like, what if, uh, you know, he's not the, the greatest guy or something? Uh, but he seems like he, he was... Uh, so so I'll do a little bit of it. I definitely didn't read all his books. Uh, and I'll talk about him. Then I'll talk about uh, my first experience, my first Ludlum experience, Holy Mackerel. And then maybe run through, then, like, with the remaining time... Like, I'll make a proposal, and then I'll run through some other books and see. I'm hoping I could, like, just go by the, like, go to the cover art, too. Uh, But this is from Wikipedia. Robert Ludlum, it's spelled L-U-D-L-U-M, 1927 to 2001. Now he's up there, uh, you know, uh, having adventures in the sky. Uh, author of 27 thriller novels, uh, and then we'll talk about the most famous ones in a second. But the number of copies of his books in print is somewhere between 300 million and 500 million. Uh, 33 languages, it's been published in 40 countries, also written under the pseudonyms Jonathan Ryder and Michael Shepard. Uh, he's born in New York and uh, lived, uh, lived in also in Naples. Uh, went to Wesleyan. Uh, let's see, New York City. Uh, his maternal grandparents were English. Uh, uh, got a BA in drama. Um, uh, so one of his novels at the fict- fictitious, fictitious, like fictional Carlisle University, like, uh, which was like Wesleyan. Uh, he was a, r- a marine uh, and a theater actor and producer. He did the shows in Fort Lee, New Jersey, uh, Playhouse on the Mall at Bergen Mall in Paramus, New Jersey. And uh, that might have uh, helped his understanding of uh, energy, escapism, and action that the public wanted in novels. Uh, he once said, I equate a suspense a good theater in a similar way. Uh, I guess I'm theatrical. And many of his novels have been made into films and miniseries, uh, which I don't think I've seen any of them except for one one. one. Uh, Yeah, miniseries. uh, uh, Yep. uh, All those storylines depart significantly from source material. Uh, During the 70s, lived in Leona, New Jersey, where he spent uh, hours a day writing. Uh, Let's see. So let's see when he wrote his first book. So 1927. Let's see when his first book was published. uh, 77. So, again, a perfect example of the falseness of you can't have a third act. Uh, uh, Now, writing analysis and criticism, this is according to Wikipedia, though. They're typically like heroic novels, uh, like, uh, what do you call that, with an Uber, whatever they call that Uber type. uh, And I think this is where, after reading a bunch in a row, I kind of uh, fell out of... uh, Maybe, I, I don't know, I don't remember, like, uh, I just had too much, like, uh, much like my relationship with, like, sweets and stuff, uh, where I say, did I tell you, I don't think, like, this, I'm recording this before the holidays, 2019, and I never thought I'd say this, but I don't think I can drink any eggnog this year, I had too much of it the last two years, or three years, uh, so much like Like, so anyway, again, like going against this is very like Cold War and post post Cold War. And I think he was one of the people that was able to make that jump to like, say, well, what can we what fictional device uh, can we use to replicate the power of the Cold War espionage to create thrillers? Uh, Like what other kind of like uh, super baddies can we make? Uh, so basically, yeah, that's it. Um, well, that's the filmography. Interesting. Oh, so that wasn't when his first book was published. That was, uh, when, uh, the first book was made into a movie it was when he was 50. So I don't know. We'll have to find his bibliography. It's supposed to be in three. Oh yeah. So I got to click on it. That's why. Oh, but it was 1971. And I think, yeah, so he was still like, uh. In his forties, uh so, yeah, 27 plus to 71 is, uh, 50 years would be 77, 40 years would be 67, so 44, uh, yeah, and, uh, looks like he put out a book almost every year, uh, a couple of years there was a little bit more, uh, time between them, and I think, uh, uh, now he's kind of a brand, uh, which we, we, we know. Well, I know because, uh, I, I like as a librarian, uh, when I was working in a library, there was a lot of requests, especially for his newer books, uh, based on his characters under the Ludlum brand. It looks like, yeah, even, uh, yeah, he wrote a couple co- co-wrote a couple books, uh, and then, uh, in the two thousand the aughts, uh, and then, uh, uh, then became a brand with other people writing, uh, uh under his, uh, his thing, which is pretty common now. And this is interesting because there's a lot, I didn't realize how extended his universe had become, uh, so that's interesting. So so I guess the, so the first Ludlum book I read was definitely probably something my dad had read and left lying around in the summer. Wow, so it had to be it was it was after 1990. Uh, so it wasn't like uh, like some point after 1990 because it came out in 1990. Uh and actually I'm seeing a bunch of them that I read. I, I see another one my dad had probably in uh one I had he had in paperback and one he had in, uh, uh, so I can see the first three uh, to five books I read. Uh, but I'm almost positive the first book I read was, uh, well, now I'm confused because uh, I said, well, it could have been uh, this other book. Uh, but I'm pretty sure the first one I read was a book called The Born Ultimatum, which was a movie, a series of three films with uh, Matt Damon, right? And, uh, but the book is not very, and it, and it was the third book in the Jason Bourne series, but it was the first book I read, which you don't necessarily, that's the cool thing about these books, uh, is, uh, I don't know. So I, I definitely read this one first or second or third, but it's the first one I always remember because they very, like, I only remember the end of the book for the most part. And so the character is similar to uh, Matt Damon's character, but this was set in the 90s, so it's a much different setting than the films. Uh, uh, But like an ultra-able hero uh, with nearly superhuman abilities, even though he's supposed to be human. And uh, Jason Bourne had like a sworn enemy that I don't think is in the movies, uh, Carlos the Jackal. Uh, which became i think like almost like a meme back in the 90s uh i'm not sure if it was actually a real thing too or or, or maybe i don't i don't remember uh, but i remember in this third book uh what was cool was uh and i'll have to reread that one like so uh, like jason bourne was somebody that like uh, you know much like other heroes even superheroes was like uh, oh we're going to make you Into like the uh, how do I explain this in a sleepy context? Uh, They someone discovers this person has like aptitude for heroism, and they say, "Oh, okay. Well, we'll do like uh, we're gonna um, take your memory and make it a little bit hazy to to make give you ultimate training uh, to be the ultimate hero." So there's usually, like, they don't have a lot of memories or they're trying to, like, one part of their character arc is, like, trying to connect with uh, who they thought they were or who they originally loved or reviving their fragmented memories. And also then the A stories a lot of times, like, a world stakes, you know, so something's like the world balance or something, is at stake but also their human balance is at stake and i think in the born ultimatum it was the ultimate like uh jason born adventure i think it might have been supposed to be the last one and so in this story the only thing i really remember and I i mean that i so it's like do do i remember this book uh i remember reading it and saying wow this is cool And the coolest part was the set piece at the end. So I think in 1990, my my history is horrible, uh, but I'll assume that was like uh, uh, during as things were changing, the end of the Cold War or the slow wind down uh, after the Cold War. Uh, So the the uh, yeah, so it's written with uh, with still some Cold War aesthetic and. So, the the, set piece at the end was like, I think it was like Carlos the Jackal and the KGB were working together. And Jason, probably they had some personal stake for Jason Bourne, you know, to say, well, you just like let us take over the world or else we'll use this personal stake against you. Uh, But uh, he he, he ends at this KGB training facility, which was kind of like... unbelievably cool to me and uh, like just imagining it because uh, it was like set up like it was huge and it was like all these different towns. It might even had a fake theme park uh, where you could train, I think to, to be like undercover. I don't know if this happens in the Americans. I'll have to, watch, I, that's on my list of things to watch. Uh, but so, and, and the, that's basically the book, uh, They end up ruining the whole place as they uh, go after one another. Oh, whoops, I clicked on the wrong book, even though I remember that one, too. So this one, The Born Ultimatum, came out in 1990. And I think this is a version, uh, the first edition, I don't think I read the first edition, though. uh, Because it looks kind of familiar, but only because... uh, I wonder if there's uh, other editions. There's two. Oh, yeah. Maybe there's a paperback. This must be the hardback version. So let me I'm going to open up uh, two different things here. OK, I did find I think I found the I wonder if they re-release the book like uh, with. the Like with the plot from the Jason Bourne movie, because the plots are nothing alike as far as I know. Looks like there's actually a lot of older ones, too. Or maybe they were released in other worlds, uh, but this one, uh, let's see, what is it? Bantam Books is the one I read, uh, the, the mass market uh, paperback. And Ludlum, I assume, was like a really big deal because his name is like ten times bigger than, the, like, it's like, uh, it takes up most, uh, like, it takes up fifty, no, it takes up like sixty uh, percent of the cover. I'd say it says number one New York Times bestseller. Uh, Robert Ludlum, then it has a picture of a shell, which I think was like something like the Nautilus, I don't know, it somehow symbolizes Jason Bourne, uh, then the Capitol Dome, and then a, a railroad uh, tie, or railroad spike, and none of that rings a bell about the book, so this would be one I, I should reread, uh, uh but yeah so let's see any any other stuff that we need to know about this book i mean mostly it's about the um thing i know it's nothing like the movie uh so i guess yeah i don't really remember anything about it so that doesn't really do us any good for much uh other than uh, that was the first book i read i really enjoyed it I really liked the ending it was like a real big set piece uh which, again, wouldn't make sense in a movie. Maybe they redid it in another way. I don't know. Like, because they really don't remember much about the movies either, other than they, like, used technology and, and uh, like, they, they were really thrilling. It just—my my brain doesn't remember them. I'm surprised it came out in 2007, was the last Born movie. Um, but so the second—so that would have been either the first or the second or the third book I read. This other book— uh, was another sequel it looks like um that i would have read it came out around the same time this was 1992 and this one uh oh yeah this maybe this was the first or the second one because this was like a comedic thriller the road to omaha and it was a sequel to a maybe this was what got me into it because uh that was kind of my thing was like at this point i'd already read uh you know, Hitchhikers, and I had read some uh, Vonnegut. So I was really, like, uh, it was funny that then I, well, like those two things, the next thing I know, I'm reading Ludlum nonstop, uh, but I don't know. So this was a comedic thriller. It sounds a little bit problematic to me, The like uh, Sam Army lawyer, Sam Devereaux, who gets caught up in the schemes of General Mackenzie the Hawk Hawkins. Uh, the cover was like a, of an eagle, and it says a road to uh, Omaha. Uh, it, it has to do, and the eagle has a Native American headdress on, so as I say, this seems a little problematic. Uh, it can, it's a sequel to the book The Road to Gandolfo, uh, Hawk has discovered a long-forgotten treaty between the U.S. government and a tribe of Native Americans uh, uh, for the for the state of Omaha, the land underneath the state of Omaha, uh, which includes a bunch of. Uh, i was giving away the plot because I don't remember anything about this. Uh, and this is according to Wikipedia, which includes like a couple big uh, air bases, and I guess. Uh, Uh, Hawk tries to bring a suit against the United States uh, to give the land to the tribe. Uh, Devereaux, who was retired, is now representing them. And that's about it. Let's see if we have any other information here. Uh, It came out in 92. Paperback came out in 93. I think my dad had the hardcover of this book. He might still have it uh, somewhere. And so then I probably would have read Road to Gandolfo next, uh, just because that's, you know, that's kind of how I roll. Uh, Now, *The Road to Gandolfo was written under a pseudonym, Michael Shepard. And, yeah, it was about the hawk, Hawkins, and uh, uh, he he, uh, gets kicked out of the army. Oh, this one I definitely read, because he goes to, to, like, uh, He's over the top, uh, the Hawk. And the only person that can help him is Sam Devereaux, uh, who gets caught up in his schemes, uh, and it looks like, uh, Pope, Pope, Francis is in the book. Uh, this uh, like, it says, uh, yeah, this is a humorous novel as opposed to just a straight thriller. So that might've been why I liked it, uh. And but this one came out all the way. Well, the paperback came out in eighty two, uh, but I didn't read it until the nineties. So I wonder if there's a picture because uh, I'm gonna have to find a picture of that one because uh, I definitely don't the the one by I think by the time I read it, it was a Robert Ludlum book. Yeah, so it looks like there's a bunch of different covers. I do see the cover I read. Uh, but, yeah, he had a bunch of, obviously, he's had a lot of different re-releases. Uh, there's even an older one that has, like, a thriller-type uh, uh, one, like uh, Agatha Christie, that era. I guess that was the 80s, huh? I definitely read it during these this Bantam era, I think. Uh, and there are used copies. I and mean, I'm not going to read this one, though. I'm just going to try to read that... Uh, the other one, but yeah, so this one, um, the cover, this is The Road to Gandolfo. Oh, of course, when I click on it, it brings up another cover. That's not what I wanted. Uh, this one, it looks like it says Robert Ludlum up on top. It's red with, like, concentric circles. It says The Road to Gandolfo. The scintillating, how do you see that, scintillating... National bestseller by the author of the Aquatine Progression. And it shows like a person like the Pope getting on a helicopter as far as I can see. Uh which isn't that great, you know. So that's a, that's interesting. Um so let's see, I go to um Robert Ludlum's author page. He's in a uh, he's standing in front of a marsh in a uh uh, Raincoat, uh, which looks familiar, so that must have been on a lot of his books. Yeah, and this doesn't really have any pictures, so let's jump back to uh, his page here. So that's The Road to Gandalf. Oh, probably, but these sound like books I would have enjoyed, it, particularly with uh, like the, the the streak I'd been on. Because in high school, that's when I discovered Kurt Vonnegut and uh, Douglas Adams, which is strange, but those were what I was reading during the school year for pleasure. This was in the summer; these were like my summer reads. And of course, we don't judge people's summer reads. So then, after that, I guess they probably would have gone through the other two Born books next, which would have, which would have made sense. Uh, so would I have jumped back to Born Number One, I guess so, which is the Born Identity. And so I would have read this in the nineties the at some point, but it came out in 1980, a spy. So this is full on, uh, uh, what do you call it? And I think the Bourne movies were a little bit, I mean, they were set in the whatever aughts, right? Uh, but it was a spy thriller, uh, with Jason Bourne, a man with remarkable, remarkable abilities. Uh, and everyone's trying to catch him, got to catch him just like Pokemon, you know, just like Pikachu feels got to catch them all or Pokemon, whatever those were, you know, Jason Bourne was the original Pokemon. He said, but it was all got to catch him instead of got to catch all got to catch him instead of got to catch them all. Uh, the the Peter Cannon of Publishers Weekly said the Bourne Identity is one of the best spy spy novels of all time. And uh, with, uh, up there with the Lacar lacara is a uh, spy who came in from the cold it was a television movie of the same name with richard chamberlain and Jacqueline smith and uh, then a 2002 uh matt damon film uh, let's see so a preface of an oh there is a real carlos the jackal i guess so I'm just trying to figure out too much without ruining the point. I'm not reading the plot. I don't remember. I don't remember anything about the plot. Uh, uh, let's see. The name born. Uh, I don't want to look that up because I don't want to. I mean, I'm not super worried about uh, spoiling it, but it's interesting. It was a 1988 television movie. Uh, and uh, a 2002 film. Uh, that was only loosely based on the central premise. And I'm trying to find the cover. And now we'll try to find the cover of the book because the one on Wikipedia is definitely not the one I read. So uh, definitely from being a librarian, remember the two more modern versions of the book, or actually three. Uh, I definitely read it in this, uh, again, the Bantam Bantamare. I think that's the name of it because uh, this is definitely the one I read. It was Red... It says it's the same as the other born books that I read. It has a big Robert Ludlum, the born identity, then a shell with the railroad tie, and some. Oh, maybe a person I don't know if that's a person. I mean, isn't it always they're trying to find like uh, their child or the lost love? Uh, how come? Here's the thing that a mother might say or a grandma. You know, how come they're not trying to? How come Jason Bourne's not trying to get home and find his mother? And check on her, you know, she's been wondering where he is. He hasn't called in 25 years and, uh, or whatever, 40 years. And she'd like to know that he's doing good. Uh, the born caller ID or something like call your mother already. Uh, what, what are you searching for your lover for when you could find your mom? And, you know, you know, just check, just come in and check in already. Or you know, I know. Oh, I'm a dad. Okay, he plays. You know, what about his sister, or his best friend, or his dad? Oh, plays ball with his dad. Okay. Uh, but I think his mother would be the most, uh, you know, likely. They just get the more, most, most like, say, hey, already call your mother. Uh, and then there was a the born supremacy. The book came out in '96. Again, I don't think I read this till the um, '90s at some point. Yeah, let's see. So some of this, uh, I just saw Treadstone, which I know is one of the things from the movie. Uh, it's the second Jason Bourne novel, a sequel to Bourne Identity, precedes, of course, Bourne Ultimatum. Uh, it gave its name to the second film. Uh, it was completely different plot, though. So that's good news for anybody that doesn't like spoilers. Uh, so I don't want to do any, like, spoiling here either. Five hundred and ninety seven pages in the first edition. Uh, it starts in Maine. A lot of plot, a lot of plot on Wikipedia. That's all it is. Uh, let's look it up. though. Let's take a look at the cover. That's what I'm interested in. Are, are we right or are we right? Uh, here we go. So it's coming up here. You know, good old images. Uh, image search is good for this stuff. Okay, I'm not seeing a one I recognize. Reading a book, uh, so at this point, I I was probably on my own to find these books, which we go to the bookstore. Or oh, maybe it's this one here. Huh? This is strange. Like usually, you know, I don't remember much, but you know, I'm a, since I'm a visual. Oh, here we go. I found it. Uh, oh no, that's a born ultimatum. I'm looking for the supremacy dudes. Oh, here it is. I found it. uh... Uh, something, it's, a, a kind of a blue and a neon hot pink. And it says the born Supremacy and has the shell with the railroad thing. And I can't really see in this picture what it is. There was an earlier edition or the original edition, which had a more, uh, stylized cover with maybe a picture of Jason Bourne and then, uh, what looks like a painting of a woman's head. Yeah, and then I guess I wonder what, if Matt Damon's on the cover, is it like a, is it the original Jason? I mean, I'd be disappointed if I saw the movie. I'm just being honest. And then I re- went and uh, the book was nothing like it. I mean, some people could be surprised. Oh, another thing I forgot is that one thing I was impressed with, uh, just because I'm who I am, is that almost all the books uh, started with the except for one book from 1973, uh, which is uh, Trevain or something. I don't even know how to pronounce it, which I think was made into a movie. So let's see if I could go through these and think about which ones I've read. The first book was The Scarlatti Inheritance. I probably did read that just because I probably did at some point say, let's just go through these in order. Or it was like one way to say, to to like set myself at the bookstore. Because this was back in the 90s. You had to go to the bookstore to buy books. And I think it was someone like Ludlam. And, and it looks like they had done a reprint right around the time I discovered it. It was probably pretty easy. So Scarlatti Inheritance, probably. What was it about? Probably some kind of he- heiress. Uh, I don't know, or some sort of, I don't know, We'll maybe we'll look into it. Osterman Weekend, probably. That was a movie, though, that I've never seen. Uh, the Matlock Paper, definitely. Trevane, I don't remember. Cry of the Halidon, maybe. The Rhineman Exchange, maybe. That one is not a very, I mean... A couple of these, you say, okay, Matlock paper, that's good. Scarlotti inheritance. I don't know why I like that name, but I'd say, yeah. Osterman weekend, I'd say, well, Matlock paper, that's even without Matlock. Because you'd say, okay, Coria the Haladin, I don't know if there's something in there that's not. And same with Reinman exchange. Uh, Road to Gandolfo, Gemini Contenders. Now, that's a good... I don't even know. I definitely read that. That's probably about twins that are up to no good. I read that. Uh, these ones I definitely read. Chancellor Manuscript, uh, The Holocroft Covenant, Maltrace Circle, because that almost sounds like the Maltese Falcon. Those are all good. I definitely read those. A Parsifal Mosaic. Uh, I don't even know. That one's hard to but I probably read that. uh, Aquatine, these are hard to say, too. Aquatine Tain progression, maybe. Inborn supremacy. Icarus Agenda, definitely read that, probably just because I like Icarus. Uh, Born Ultimatum, read that. Road to Omaha, read that. Scorpio Illusion, probably. Yeah, it just that's a great title. Scorpio Illusion. You say you yeah, have not, a, I wasn't born, I was born in a totally different month. It was totally an illusion. Uh, Apocalypse Watch, probably. Moultrie's Countdown. Now we're in the late 90s, so probably I didn't read any of these after this. Hades Factor, Prometheus Deception, Cassandra Compact, and Sigma, Sigma Protocol, Paris Option, Janssen Directive. Uh, Tristan Betrayal, The Altman Code. So I definitely didn't read any of those. Prometheus Deception would seem like something I've read, or Hades Factor. But I don't think I read any of these after. uh, Nine. Maybe Apocalypse Watch might have been the last one. Uh, But I'm not even sure about that one. So let's look at that. Let's just look at a couple more. Oh, it's a TV movie. That's why, probably. Virginia Madsen and Patrick Bergen. Uh, Oh, it's the second of uh, people that are up to no good. Uh, Drew Latham. This was, uh, I think maybe I did read these or maybe I did see the movie because, let's see the first book. The Holocroft Covenant was in 78. Uh, uh, Oh boy, this is, yeah, this is, um, it seems like it's uh, pretty like a, yeah, this one is uh, I to, uh, yeah. So this one's um, just tough stuff. He covers any of this stuff. Holy cow! Um, yeah, of course with these titles, so some of them are like, uh, okay, let's see a Scorpio illusion because they said that's a pretty good one. Uh, suspense, drama, action, and thriller. Tyrell Hawthorne, naval atten- intelligence officer, one of the best. Called out of retirement. So, yeah, this is, I guess, where you start to see where I'm like, okay, uh, what is it like? They keep calling people out of retirement. It says this novel consciously draws on Freudian theory uh, to add depth to to, uh, the dominant characters. uh, Factual error, error in the novel. So not too much on there. Came out in 93. Probably read this one. Uh, but not on the cover they have there. Uh, let's see, Icarus Agenda. That'd be another one. Probably not going to read any of these. This one looks interesting though. The cover is not one I read. The first edition. It shows a white White House with like uh, either like lightning bolts bolts coming out from it. Uh, let's see, Evan Kendrick, a congressperson from Western Colorado. Uh, friends with the Sultan of Oman. Uh, uh, go, you know, somebody goes undercover. Uh, well-known architect. Uh, so, I mean, it sounds. Uh, I don't know. Should maybe I should, should I read the born? Was he going to read the born supremacy? Right. Let's see what this parsifal, pars, par, par, parsifal, yeah, I think that's how you say it, Mosaic. Uh, Michael Have, Have, Havelock, uh, Counselor Ops, uh, uh, Love of His Life. Uh, uh, I definitely read this one, K, you know, KGB. This one's a spine novel, Whole nine yards. Came out in 82. Was, I mean, I read it in the 90s, but... Uh, so you can kind of see there's usually one uh, torn, you know, ma- main character, you know, torn loyalties, uh, family thing, and then uh, yeah, let's check uh, the Maltrey Maltrace circle. Probably read this one, Anthony Blackburn. Uh, uh, oh no, his uh, two people, separate people uh, go to the big farm, and then Brandon Schofield. Uh, and, oh, they have, he has to team up with Vasily uh, uh, uh which they never got along, and now they have to work together. So those are, I like that idea. Uh, oh, someone in re- Washington forced into retirement instead. So this might also have... Uh, uh, yeah, definitely, like, uh, like Spies, Mafia. So these are a bit like those, throat, like, uh, like Pulp Fiction. I mean, those books, that style of book. Like, actual thriller novels. Like, a bit the ones that are a bit like Westerns, uh... Yeah, let's finish up with the Gemini Contenders. This came out in 76, uh... Italian Alps, Mysterious Cargo, uh and a secret brotherhood of priests, uh, trying to locate the cargo. Okay, so this sounds like, uh, so Gemini contenders, where's the Gemini's, uh, immensely wealthy family, you know, a secret order, and a bunch of other stuff, uh, yeah, it jumps, oh, brother versus brother, here we go, uh, yeah, so I guess it's like each brother's searching for it. One's good, one's not good. So, it's, you know, remember those, uh, was that in the 90s or the aughts when that, uh were those books that came out that were really popular that Tom Hanks was in the movies about? Yeah, I mean, I guess the Blood one was my version of that, but he had more books uh, for me to go through. What was those called? I have no idea. Uh, oh, I almost thought of it, Da Vinci Code, yeah, those books, right, but those ones were more, everybody was like, the Da Vinci Code came out, super popular, and it hit super uh, tangential discussions about it, and then the next couple books uh, came out, too, so anyway, no, no, this is interesting, a little interesting stroll uh, through some of my, uh, like, not childhood reading, I guess it was in my 20s. uh, uh, but, but, uh, yeah, there's some reading I did as young, well, yeah, it was, as a, tw- even though I was like whatever age I was, I was still a tween, uh, uh, thanks, good night.